Hello, this is Mike Burek. I'm the producer of Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition. This is a podcast series that will focus on uh, tech startups in Ukraine. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, Yevgen Sisoyev, who is the managing partner and CEO and a co-founder at A-Ventures, which is, which is a Ukrainian uh, venture capital company. Yevgeny, hello, how are you? Hi, hi, Michael. Very good. How are you? Thanks so much for uh, your willingness to be with our audience today and chat a little bit about uh, tech startups in Ukraine and in particular the venture capital uh, market. So I would like to start off with uh, your own background. How did you get involved in Ukrainian venture capital? So technically, I actually had a few careers. So initially, so my first major was mathematics, and I did programming since I was 12 and until I turned 22 years old. Um, when I was 22, I actually uh, went to finance career. Um, uh, I used to work in the banking industry and then private equity, and my second career as a call was in finance. So in 2011, I was uh, based in Singapore and studied at business school in Seattle that time. And I was thinking, hey, what to do next? And, you know, one of the ideas was like, okay, now I know finance. I know something. I, I still know something about tech. I used to write code. But now what can I do to, to leverage those and mix this together? So, and I have some international backgrounds since I lived in a, in a in few countries, including Germany and Singapore, and, and travel and, and actually had projects in Europe, Asia, and US by that time. And I said, let's combine all together and find out what to do. And um, I actually even tried like to think, oh, is there a venture capital firm to apply for in Ukraine? But there was not a single one. So I decided, it's okay, so there is no venture capital in Ukraine. That's great. So let's create, let's create a firm that's going to provide venture capital financing to early stage technology companies. So that's, that's, that's kind of connect, how I connected the dots. But it took uh, probably six months before the idea was really born and fine-tuned. Um, uh, and when, when I got a partner uh, who is Andrei Kaladyuk, uh, I would never have achieved what I've done just on myself alone. So I got one partner. They all got also junior partners. So it's a three, three people partnership right now. Well, and actually, it's much more than venture capital firm because, uh, as I, uh, you know, when when well, it's a fund. Uh, it's also a fund. But when you're first time fund in an ecosystem that was non-existent, that you have to be much more entrepreneurial, hands-on with every aspect of building a ecosystem, then investing in the companies, educating entrepreneurs, helping. And this is actually, I call, this is something mixed between entrepreneurship and venture capital rather than just pure venture capital. Right. So I understand in Ukraine today, there are 31 venture capital funds, or 31 funds, I should say. And the mix is about five incubators, one corporate fund, 17 venture capital funds and eight private equity funds. Is that correct? Well, uh, technically number correct. That's you're referring to number of uh, members of Ukrainian Venture Capital and Private Equity Association. Um, uh, when we started, it was very technically the first venture capital fund that was devoted to invest in software technology. So before 2012, there were a number of firms that tried to invest in you know different sectors. 
but not the software and technology space. Of course, there are some investors that are already doing that and some family office. Um, and today, well, you, you, the, the number you mentioned are correct. The, the, the few remarks I would still make, though, that many of them raised funds before 2014 and have not raised their second funds because of, you know, recent, uh, you know, geopolitical situation. And uh, that was it was hard to raise um, institutional money for Ukrainian funds. And secondly, um, that's some of these funds are still not too active. So some of them would be just making a deal or two a year. So it's not. So when you're referring to fund, it's probably an, an organization that have at least five to ten investments, but not necessarily doing like three five investments every year. For instance, we have more than a dozen portfolio, but in a typical year we've done just two three deals. I wish we could have done five seven deals a year, but historically we've done just two three deals a year. So I would I, well, when people ask me how many active funds you know competing with us in Ukraine right now, I typically refer to number five to six rather than 18, uh, because, you know, even though there is, you know, a large amount of funds, they typically have different focus either on stage or a subsector or an approach, uh, how they do. Um, and what we specialize in, you have not asked this question before, but we do early stage software technology and we define early stage as something from three, five people that working together for at least a year. So it's not idea stage, it's the, the idea is already kind of fine-tuned and they, they built MVP or they already preferably got first paying clients to probably 10, 20 people. So it's kind of small organization. There is something working already. They might be even be very close to break even or small profitability, but the team is lacking capital or you know they don't have necessarily all the right team to build it to scale to, to a much larger business. So from say five people to 10, 20 people and the software tech in the broader sense. So we would can do anything from SaaS to hardware related software tech projects to marketplaces to, you know, um, enterprise or mid-sized businesses, um, uh, various types of software. So it could be anything related to software tech. Right. So I understand that you're on the board of PetCube. That's right. And I'm, I'm wondering how that fits in the portfolio with your interest in software. Uh, so, well, I, I, so you, you're thinking, oh, we, we guys, we have general response. We have everything from hardware to you know, software to marketplaces or to e-commerce actually as well. Uh, so they, my guys, you know, have no strategy. No, actually, we do have a strategy, and which is typically we screen various verticals, which is IoT, which is marketplaces, which is SaaS. Um, maybe now we are working on the fintech and a few others, and we've tried to find best of the best entrepreneurs out of Ukraine in these specific verticals who want to build a global business. Uh, so one of our requirements, we have actually simple, it looks, the criteria look simple, but, you know, just hard, you know, to execute on them, but the criteria is first very simple. It has to be internationally, globally competitive technology and product. Second criteria, it has to be one of the best of teams in this specific vertical, not just in Ukraine, but, you know, it should be very strong in, in, in the global context. Um, and third, the team should be desperate, like really 
extremely highly motivated to build international businesses. And with the typical look, uh, most of our companies, even at early stage, it, it might, the people might be based in Kiev or DSL somewhere in Ukraine, but even by time we invest, typically they have clientele outside of Ukraine. And typically that's US or Europe. Right. So, right. Okay. so but keep, for instance, we invested uh, probably seven people. So one of co-founders, Yaroslav, was based only based in, in, in uh, San Francisco. One other co-founder was spending time between Kiev and China, Shenzhen. Then we had productions of five, six developers in Kiev. And we've been the first uh, institutional investor to the company. There was one angel investor before us, but um, they've been, been the first fund to invest in Petcube. Okay. I understand that uh, together with a couple of other individuals and organizations, you produce something annu annually called the Deal Book of Ukraine. And I've taken a look through that, and it's really comprehensive and very interesting. Um, when did that start? And I noticed that the most recent edition is 2016. Will it be one coming out for 2017? Yeah, so in 2015, uh, we've been for our fundraising, our second fund. Uh, we started the fundraising second fund. We have not closed, actually, and put uh, our plans on hold uh, because it was a really hard time. I mean, we were trying to fundraise the fund when, when there was, um, you know, a series of events going in eastern Ukraine. And, uh, like, every time during the roadshow, I was asking, so is there any fund in Ukraine? Is there any deals at all happening in Ukraine? What's going on in Ukraine? And, like, like... Seriously, there are some startups in Ukraine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I had, I just, I was kind of, <laughs> I wanted to have one click answer to everybody. And I would just, even like you, like, hey, tell me about venture capital numbers. And I would just send, you know, one report. So, <laughs> so my idea was like to just save my time and my team time and, and have one report comprehensive that I'll answer. Uh, all questions that any person that would be interested in venture capital marketing in Ukraine or tech start stop scene, from any perspective, you know, would answer all the questions. So this is how the idea was born. <laughs> and then we continue to just produce it annually, typically for, for year 2000. Uh, so typically it takes time to collect all the data. So it typically will post in second quarter the following year. Um, we, we, you know, UVCA, uh, our association already updated a short version of it, but we actually need to publish the full version of it. So we'll continue the tradition and uh, um, uh, continue to give comp such comprehensive overview. And also, it's interesting, like when we started 2012, no Ukrainian media. So now we're having a podcast with you, and you were based in the US and talk about Ukrainian startups. But even 2012, no Ukrainian media whatsoever have been writing anything with Ukrainian startups. Now, there are actually dozens of, even in Ukraine, like dozens of thousands of media write every day about Ukraine. So it's like fundamentally changed. So now it's most of uh, startups raising money uh, make announcements. So it's now much, much easier to collect the data and write such reports than it used to be in 2012. And, and why do you think the reason is for that? Is it because there are more Ukrainian startups now? Because I understand that the number is somewhere around 3,000 in Ukraine currently? Or is it because suddenly the Ukrainian media is beginning to understand that this represents a very strategic advantage for Ukraine overall? Whereas in the past, Ukraine has been known for software outsourcing, software de uh, development outsourcing. And now, yeah. if you will, you know, Ukrainian entrepreneurs are sort of trying to move up the food chain. 
to begin right. producing their own products, either hardware products or software products. And so is that evolution what generated the interest in the Ukrainian media about the tech startups in Ukraine? Uh, I think that the combinations of first one, like Sunswell, well, first, the, you know, when you're talking about startups, really, the industry is less than 10 years old. When we started, there were some companies already successful, like like Grammarly today is a large, you know, a very large SaaS business that based, you know, substantial around over 100 million. And even before it was already profitable, large profitable business, but that, that was a small startup. Petcube at the time didn't exist yet. So as a company deposit photos, I'm which personally involved in, it was a very small startup. But today they all do, you know, very successful uh, businesses known internationally. And so I think that the combination of factors which attracted, you know, more attention of Ukrainian media is at first very simple. It's not necessarily the number of startups. I think the number of startups was growing linearly so far, not exponential, but more linearly. But the success of them, so it takes, actually it takes to build a large business in tech takes five, seven years. I mean, we all want to have quick stories. Oh, we found it so next year. But reality is it takes five, seven, eight years to build uh, international known business. And I know it just matured to a point where there was so many kind of success stories. And it's not just financing around itself. It's no, it's like, well, this company like Riddle from Odessa, number one in productivity. Uh, Petcube guys, you know, the largest pet tech success stories in the US actually right now. Grammarly, very, you know, no international company, it's niche. Um, so that's that's one thing. Secondly, I think that uh, also because of uh, all the last revolution um, and Maidan, I think that people wanted to have new kind of role model. And so because before that, most of the most rich Ukrainians were just somebody related to government who has stolen something from people or government or you know or a partner so this is how 90 i'm sorry 99 percent of businessmen made their money just by stealing by others and that you know <laughs> that is not a real uh, role model and this was something that like, people were making money just by their intellectual brain power and you know even despite the, all the odds, you know, the war is a collapsing banking system, everything, they are still building uh, new businesses and becoming new role models for, you know, as we call it, new Ukraine. Um, so that's also, you know, played a significant role in, in getting more attention. And third, I think that, you know, because that's, you know, also interesting observation that more international media started to write about Ukrainian success stories and actually referring this as Ukrainian born startup. You know, you can go to TechCrunch and just search for Ukraine and find you know, many articles published TechCrunch um, and then referring to this as Ukrainian startup. And, and actually there was many stories published internationally then were translated by Ukrainian media. So that's also played significant. Oh, well, well, even if international media is writing about some companies, well, maybe it's worth paying attention and also <laughs> covering those stories as well. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So I understand there's something called the Global Innovation Index and that Ukraine's uh, visibility has been moving up in that from year to year. Um, it's a scale from one to looks like 127 countries that are covered. Uh, and the numbers I saw were for 2016, Ukraine had moved up to the position of 56, 
And I just looked at 2017, and it looks like it's moving up again to 50. How well known is that index? How much is it followed by the financial community? And how important is that for Ukraine to continue moving up on that index? Oh, well, I think the international community pretty much aware about that, uh, the fund that Ukraine fundamentally has a large base of uh, educated uh, people and historically has been, you know, engineer powerhouse during Soviet Union times and still have a lot of, you know, um, capable graduates of technical and other type of university who, who can contribute to innovation. Um, um, so that's one thing. The second thing, what was reality was in Ukraine, there was a huge gap between, you know, this potential and the, you know, commercialization, so to say. Uh, you refer to you know outsourcing and, and tech product startups mainly in the value chain. Actual software probably is most the most developed tech vertical in Ukraine, and I can speak of many others which lagging and have not been developed or have been, have been destroyed or have been have been stagnated. Uh, that's you know actually relates also to aerospace, airplanes, you know, um, engineering in in general. They actually. They still have something to show to the world, but unfortunately, they've not been growing like software tech. Um, so the, the 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 real challenge is 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 closes gap. Um, uh, you, you know, in commercialization, a simple way to look at, uh, and it's not just money. So uh, my idea when I started the venture capital firm was, you know, I this is for profit business, so it's very simple. I want to find, you know, small businesses that. I want to make a larger business of them. I want to make money. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, uh, if you if you if that this is this is the model works in the software tech space, but in other yeah, in, uh, in, uh, in other industries, you need actually much deeper approach. So, um, universities still have a good uh, um, good educated people and professors, but you know not. Not necessarily up to date labs and and not necessarily up to date R and D and you know gap in commercialization much much larger. Um, so I think that you know Ukraine could have been sc scored even top twenty, but it's very fundamental challenge to move up from fifty seventh place or where we are right now to top twenty, uh, and the probably number one one uh, lacking uh, component is that is actually knowledge of people here and expertise how. You know to bring it and and how um, well I repeated all the many times how to commercialize on that. So and unfortunately many uh, young scientists and uh, also entrepreneurs with scientific background we are just living to Ukraine, including the U.S. and the U.S. specifically benefited a lot from you know, highly educated Ukrainians who moved to the U.S. and build their you know innovation in the U.S. Uh, or other countries. So, uh, so that's that's my thought. Ukraine, just to summarize, everybody internationally is aware of Ukraine potential. The real challenge is here on the ground is how to really implement it and fully unleash the potential. Um, and it 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 would be combination of capital needed, competences, expertise, and just and actually also Im immigration. Uh, you know, other way around now. We had a lot of Ukrainians um, educated uh, globally or who, who worked internationally. And countries like Israel have exceptionally well done program on bringing Jewish people back to Israel so they can work 
in Israel and create innovation out of Israel. So this is something also for Ukrainian leaders to think about or Ukrainian community that you know Ukraine could be uh, could could be a powerhouse uh, in, in Europe for innovations. Very interesting, and I, I think we're going to have to stop there for today, Yevgen. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's fascinating, and I wish you all the best of luck with all your ventures. And uh, this is Mike Burek, the host for Made in Ukraine Tech Startup Edition. And that's all for our episode for today. Thank you so much.